Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey there, welcome Hawk fans. Welcome to another episode of Hawk Talk. I am your host, of course, Colin Cole. We had the opportunity to kind of bring you on this trail throughout the season, but, uh, you know, it's been an amazing ride. You know, regardless of how these games have turned out, it's been an amazing ride. But uh, before we jump into... Iowa's game against the Wisconsin Badgers. We got to first, I got to first introduce my main man who jumps on here and helps me kind of decode these things and talk through these things, man. And, and just a great all around guy who can kind of speak from experience. Of course, he's the, he's the three year starter at uh, right offensive tackle, the two time all big 10 representative at offensive tackle. Uh, and I mention it every time, we keep on mentioning it, the real estate mogul up there in Chicago, Illinois. Um, of course, I'm speaking of the one and only David Porter. David, thank you for joining me today, sir. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Of course, of course, David. Well, you know, it's uh, here we are again. Uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, all things considered, uh, three weeks, actually, all things considered. Uh, Iowa is currently riding a two-game losing streak, and you know it's definitely not what we all anticipated. Uh, just a few, just about a month ago. I mean, David, uh, the Iowa football team rolled into Maryland one month ago on October first with a defense that delivered seven turnovers. The offense scored on nine straight possessions in that fifty-one to fourteen win. I mean, the Hawks look like you know they look like the eminent Big Ten champs. They look like. Uh, a force to be reckoned with in, in the college football playoffs, you know? And so it, uh, it, 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 unfortunately, like I said, it was a month ago and uh, now we're a month removed from that amazing game over there in college park, Maryland to where the Hawks have now uh, lost two games in a row by a combined 51 to 14, which is the exact number that uh, the Hawks beat Maryland Terrapins in. So David, we've had the opportunity to watch these last couple of games. Uh, it's it does not look good, man. It's not look good, man. So talk to me about what you've seen out of uh, out of this Hawkeye team. Well, it's been the same thing we've been talking about all year, right? Um, we're not starting fast. The offensive line is still not uh, finding their continuity. You know, our tackles right now they're 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 getting exposed for their you know, I'm going to say their immaturity, you know, the playing playing time out there. They, they come in and out of their techniques. They kind of lose focus. We're, we're a big mess there up front. You know, it, we're, Iowa's strength has always been our line, right, both O-line and D-line. That's, that's the core of what we do, and this is the core of football. We all know as the line goes, if you control that line of scrimmage, you control the game. That's how you win. We have control of the line of scrimmage. And you talk about the last two games on offense. For me, it's been that way kind of the whole season. We've been talking about this offense line growing up. Spencer being, you know, very good, very judicious with the ball and, you know, not making mistakes and allowing this offense line to grow up. We're at the point of the season where the other defensive coordinators are looking at this and saying, well, we see this technique flaw. We're going to start taking advantage of this. We're going to start isolating these, these offensive tackles and see if they can block our guys one-on-one, right? Uh, the running game, we, we were not we, – we basically didn't show up. We were 30 we, – we attempted 30 rushes for 24 yards. That's 0.8 yards a rush, a carry. 
that was our average. Uh, it's, if we can't run the ball and we can't pass the ball on offense, I mean, that, that really speaks to how disjointed our offensive line is right now. You know, we're, we're looking at the quarterback and our QBs where we gave up. We had six, tack, six sacks that we gave up, 10 tackles for loss. We had three QB hurries. I say we, I'm talking about the offensive line, that we take the brunt of that stuff. I still consider myself one of those people. So, you know, we, we on offense struggled quite a bit. Whereas, you know, Wisconsin, and we talked about this in pregame, they're kind of the mirror image of us, right? It's a good litmus test. Like, okay, these are guys that play the kind of ball that we play. When we line up next to these guys, hey, how do we actually, com- how do we actually compare? Well, they didn't give up a sack. We don't have a sack against them, right? They had one tackle for loss and zero QB hurries. Zero. That offensive line over there took control of the game. And the defensive line took control of the game too. So at, at the point of the line of scrimmage, where I consider the game to be won, we lost. And you can see where that, it, it just kind of showed up in every other aspect of the game. You know, as the game went on, because our offense couldn't sustain drives, our defense started to get worn down. They didn't start fast either. But as the game went on, you know, you started to see it. They started giving up plays that we not, we're not used to seeing them give up. And as we, we progressed through the season and the defense starts taking more and more hits and taking more and more plays, you know, it takes a little bit longer for them to recover, right? There are body types for a reason. Offensive linemen, they're built for more sustained um, you know, long drawn out pronounced drives. Defense, not so much. They're supposed to be, hey, highly tuned, efficient machines over there, in and out. Offense, sustained drives. So they get our defense nice and healthy and fresh when they come back out there and pin their ears back and fly around. It's a lot of react, a lot of fast switch muscle on defense. The one, we just are not in what we call it continuity right now. And the one bright spot we have, uh, Tory Taylor, the Aussie bomber. I mean, he's still doing his thing. Uh, he had seven punts for 343 yards of uh, an average of 49 yards a punt. He's still going out there and performing. He's doing a good job. He's keeping us in there, but we can't spot a team 20 yard. I mean, 20 points in the first half and expect to come back. You know, we're, we're just not built that way. Uh, we, we don't have uh, the continuity to be able to come back from a 20 point deficit first half and leave the first half without any points it was 20 to zero halftime you know second half we we played them tough and it was seven to seven but the damage was already done because we didn't start fast and we couldn't stop the bleeding because we couldn't establish a run game can't establish a run game they start pinning theirs back and here they come where did they come so yeah i mean for the whole game um i haven't seen this and i, I don't think i've ever said it this season but we got dominated on offense. Our O-line got dominated. Um, it was it was bad. That was a bad game. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really nothing else you could say other than that. I mean, that speaks volumes as to how the game really kind of worked itself out. So, I mean, between uh, Spencer Petrus, who obviously had, was relieved at the end of the game by Alex Padilla, between the two of them, you know, they went 12 for 25 for only 132 yards. Uh, Spencer's QBR was 21.3 and Alex's 12.8. Uh, 
receiving, I mean, 12 total catches in the game for those same 132 yards. So it's, uh, and obviously no touchdowns out of that group. You know, it's, uh, it really speaks to it, brother. It speaks to it. And then you talk about the rush game, you talk about the run game. You know, you speak in, in, at length about uh, the offensive line, uh, the woes that have been kind of uh, rearing their, their head throughout the season, but specifically over the last two games uh, between Purdue as well as this Wisconsin Badger team. You know, there's no question that um, this would be the team that we would want to say is more more like us than anybody else in the Big Ten and really in the country. There's not a lot of teams that still line up with with uh, two backs in the backfield, with a fullback and a running back in the backfield, and they're going to run the ball at you. It's not a lot of teams that still do that. So to have a team like Wisconsin who has had their struggles, you know, they had they came into the game with three losses against uh, Michigan, uh, Notre Dame, and you know those those uh, those are huge opportunities, obviously for Iowa to to look at that tape and see what strengths, what kind of things that uh, were, were uh, successful against the Badgers. Um, offensively, you know, it is, was a struggle. Um, did not get a first down, I don't believe, until midway through or late into the second quarter. Um, so it was, it was, it was a, it was a poor output by the offense. And unfortunately, that did put the defense in some shorts on the short end of the stick and in some some bad situations. And so, I guess for me, David, I. Where does this offense go from here? I mean, we've talked about it throughout the season, the lack in ability to successfully run the ball on a consistent basis. Um, we, I know I've mentioned a number of times how the offense was being run by Spencer throughout the season and his ability to really gain momentum and, and really take control and command the offense. Uh, these last two games, we're not, we haven't seen any of that, buddy. But where does this offense need to go? What what needs to happen uh, moving forward for this team to really find its footing again? The offense needs to get more multiple in their attack, like more. We're, we're very, I'm going to say, vanilla in a lot of regards. So we we do a lot of the same old stuff over and over again, which. I get it. That works well when you do it well. Uh, right now, our technique isn't such that, and we don't have the experience uh, to where we can actually do that and, and expect to go out there and say, okay, we're going to go out there and play against these teams. And now that have seen us the last seven, eight games, and they know our technique flaws, they know our weakness, or they know our weak spots. And we can go out there and do the same thing we've been doing, and it's going to work. Well, no, we know it's not. Now, we need to go back and fix the things that are not working. If we have a technique error where the guy is opening the gate, which that's happening, we need to go back and address that. If we're giving up the inside rush, we need to address that. You know, we were in the off season, I mean, the bye week. You know, we were talking about that, getting those things addressed and seeing how much progress we've made with addressing those opportunities for us to get better. You know, the, we have to get back to addressing and identifying opportunities for us to get better, you know, and really address them. Get back to the basics and the kick slide, break it down. You know, literally one step at a time. Talk to kid through, do you understand what this is? You know, on the defense, if we're looking at our D-line, you know, shooting the hands, we were talking about that. You know, we, we, for us to have a defense like that, 
and not to have any sacks. That's that's tough. And we have a really talented defense over there. You know, I, I I will say get back to the basics, get back out there, and figure out how we start fast again. You know, we we zero points in the first half. You know, well I'm used to not having many points or very few points coming out of the first quarter. We usually get it going by the second quarter, but we didn't have it in the first half. I said, we have to start fast. Um, and I think it goes back to getting back to the basics, right? Let's just work on footwork, hand placement, shoot your hands and build off of that. Because And I'm talking specifically about the O-line and D-line. Because to me, that's, that's where the game is won in football. If we don't have the O-line and D-line shirt up, the rest, everything else is going to, it won't work. It just won't. Our offensive line has to protect our quarterback. They have to open up the holes for them to run the back. You know, um, I know Spencer, he, he's, he's taking a lot of hits. It's tough for him to get comfortable back there. Those guys across the ball, they don't have great intentions in their hearts when they come over to see him, right, up in the field. They're not looking to say, hey, buddy, it's okay. I'm with two-hand touches, all good. No, they're coming to hurt him. And he knows that. And he's getting touched, and they're talking to him. We need everything to quiet down, and that starts up front. We, we need those guys to sit in their technique. Uh, we start doing that. Uh, we know what happened with Maryland. We start to see the pocket clean up. We're able to put some points on the board. We can do it. But we need to clean up that, uh, that front line. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree. You know, and I th it's going to continue to be a work in progress. And I, like I mentioned earlier on, I should say in another show, you know, the maturation of Spencer and the maturation of the offensive line kind of work hand in hand in terms of how this, this offense has worked and, and continue to work throughout the season. So it's interesting, obviously, to, to consider how, you know, you just continue to grow uh, offensively, defensively as a team, you know, as, as a team as a whole. Um, where do you grow from here, honestly? You know, being in a position where at one point you were number two in the nation and now you've slid to, I believe, what is it 13, uh, I believe it is, uh, in the nation. So not a huge slide. Got to still find this offense, man. Has to find this offense. Um, you and I talked a little bit off air about uh, some things that we've seen on offense. I'm going to read you a quote and tell me what you think about this. Uh, Wisconsin, well, Wisconsin's defense played with immense confidence, as evidenced by this quote from nose tackle Keanu Benton afterward. Just by their personnel and the way they set things up, you can kind of tell which way they, are, they were running the ball. David, how predictable has this offense become, in your opinion? Well, when you have a nose tackle saying that I know what they're going to run, and he's the nose tackle. Not a linebacker, not a safety, not somebody can see the whole pitcher. The nose tackle is saying, I know where they're going to run the ball based on their formation. Um, that means we're very predictable. And remember, he's the one playing as a kid. He's just telling what he's seeing. Because, you know, they're not going to tell you. Professionals are going to tell you, I know the way you run based on your formation. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's just, like, I'm going to keep that secret to myself. This kid is telling you that because it's the truth for him. That's his truth. He's speaking his truth. I can't be him. What that does is it tells me that 
what we were talking about the whole season about mixing it up. It's a real thing. We need to mix it up. We need more, more multiple, more varied than what we're calling, what we're running. Right. I know we don't do everything well, but there's something we do well and we can, you know, do offshoots off of that. Now having a young office line, the line we have is the line we have. You know, that, that's the team we have. There's no one coming to our rescue. This is our team. What are we going to do with it? That, that's what it, I mean, we need to be able to not be predictable. If a defensive tackle knows tackle, my goodness, can say, I know what they're doing. That, that's, not, that's a point of concern. Definitely a point of concern. And we need to take that to heart. Yeah, I would say that uh, there have been various people who have kind of uh, echoed those same sentiments in terms of uh, kind of being a predictable style of offense right now in terms of just knowing what's coming and how this offense is not able to uh, obviously create some other ways of, of being creative offensively, right? So it's it's tough, I mean, because you have to – really do a self-examination. You have to do a self-scouting and really see what works. And that's typically what's done during that bye week. You know, that's typically what coaches do is they, they look at the film, they look at what has worked during the season, what has not worked, and they kind of go back to the drawing board to kind of create an, uh, create an environment where the, 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 the team can grow. The offense can grow, the defense can grow. It all comes from really doing some great work at self-evaluating. Um, I don't know that we necessarily saw that, which would, which really speaks to what we're talking about and they're being predictable. So I don't know, man. I, I think that um, there has to be quite an overhaul of what, what has been done so far this season on offense. We've talked week in and week out about the slow starts. Uh, we've talked week in and week out about the lack of productivity uh, in the run game. You know, so these things have to be an area of focus. You know, the Hawks are currently ranked in the teens but there's still an opportunity here for them to, to get to the Big Ten championship game. There's still an opportunity, whether they're, you know, it, whether it has to involve Wisconsin falling here, you know, somewhere down the, 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 the path during the season, or, you know, things just kind of work themselves out. But in order for this Hawkeye team to get better, it has to go back to the drawing board of some different things, man. But one thing that we, we were, grown accustomed to throughout the season. And like I mentioned earlier on against that Maryland game, in that Maryland game, um, the Hawkeye defense came up with seven turnovers. Uh, there's been, there hasn't been any turnovers. And, and as a matter of fact, our offense has turned the ball over uh, a few times, three times in this last game, uh, three times that we know of. Well, that happened. So where defensively, what has happened? I mean, Personnel-wise, we have an issue, obviously, at the corner position, you know, uh, with trying to, to replace Riley and, and the amount of time that he's missed. And, you know, it's, it's been a little bit difficult. But outside of that position, there's been nobody else that has been moved or, or changed or that we, we've lost or anything of that nature. What has happened to this defense, in your opinion, Dave? It's... I think I've been talking about it the whole season. They're getting beat up. It's, it's plain and simple. Like, the defense is taking a lot of hits. And on defense, it just takes so much more recover. 
because you're you are reactionary, right? You you you're trying to anticipate, but you're more reactionary on offense. We kind of know where we're going, right? We know what we're doing. That's why it's, we can be bigger, right? We know what we're doing. We know where we're going. We don't have to re- really react. No matter which way you go on defense, typically, you know, we pivot. You got one or two ways to go. On offense, for you guys, when we're coming at you, you guys don't really know which way we're going all the time. It takes a lot more energy to be on defense. That's why it's so important for the defense to get off the field, right? As they start taking more and more hits, as the season goes on, it takes longer and longer for them to recover. You're starting to see the effects of the defense starting to be on the field forever, right? They're they're on the field longer than we would like them to be. Like this past game, the time of possession, um, <laughs> Wisconsin had the ball for 11 and a half minutes longer than what we had it. So put in perspective, they had we had the ball for 24 minutes and 13 seconds. They had 50% more time of possession than we had. You start adding that up over the course of a season, it just takes a toll on the human body. That's what we're starting to see on defense. It's a systematic breakdown of them, right? Where they are not able to recover. So when they're coming out there, you know, the half step that they had before, they may not quite have that. They might not quite have that half step anymore, right? They're tired. They're not able to recover. And remember, these are kids. They're still going to school. They still have classes. They still have stuff going on outside of football. This isn't their entire career. This isn't their entire thing they're doing. So for them to take on that added, um, God, those added plays where they're on the field for longer, that just adds to, you know, the whole thing of them being more run down throughout the season. Because all the other commitments that they have, they're not going anywhere. They're, our defense, they, they are showing up and doing what they can, but they are, they're being outmatched. You know, until our offensive line gets together and our offense gets together, and we can start sustaining drives, like I'm used to Iowa doing, right? Uh, and we can start to take some of that pressure off the defense. Like when we get a turnover, when our defense <laughs> has a, a goal line stand, and then, hey, they get the goal line stand at fourth and one, at fourth and goal, and they stop them. And then our offense goes back out there. I'm looking for us to get two or three first downs. That didn't happen. Went out there, tried to run the ball, we had a fumble. Now, the, our defense has to go back out there. You know, stuff like that starts to happen and keeps happening. Um, our defense is just being put in really tough situations. And as they get more and more worn down throughout the season, if this, and, and as, if this continues to happen, um, it's going to continue to happen. You know, it's defense, offensive line. That's how you win. That's how we've always won in Iowa. Yeah, yeah, I would have to agree with you on that. Um, uh, the numbers, uh, Graham Mertz uh, went 11 for 22 for 104 yards. So, I mean, the numbers weren't tremendous, but it didn't have to be. Uh, the three turnovers that Iowa had uh, set the Badgers up into some pretty good field position. And then you have freshman Bravion, Braylon uh, Allen, uh, out of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, who, who rushed the ball 20 times for 104 yards. Um, he actually had more rushes, rushing yards by himself than our entire uh, rushing output. 
As a matter of fact, his backup, Chaz Malusi, went had 19 carries for 48 yards. He had more rushing yards than our entire offense. So um, they're, they're, they were able to run the ball at will, um, had no problems in doing so, um, and it definitely reared his head in terms of how the outcome of the game kind of fell. Uh, it, was, it was a tough one, man. Our leading tackler on defense was Jack Kerner with 11 total stops. Um, it's never a good thing when your safety is your leading tackler on defense. So I'll just go ahead. I'll just go ahead and say that. It's never a good thing in that regard. Um, so defensively, I mean, you talked about it at length in terms of how these guys are built and how, uh, how basically how offenses and defense kind of work to work together uh, to be, obviously make a, a more balanced type of attack. But with one facet of this, this uh, three-facet game, three-facet three team uh, being offensive, defense, and special teams, uh, with the offense being in a position where they're not performing at peak level and kind of putting a lot on the defense's shoulders, what are some of the things that, uh, that stick out in your mind in terms of how uh, defenses typically create turnovers, like, they, like, this, like this Hawkeye group has done throughout the season? And how does how does the lack of ability to really sustain drives by our offense, how does that continue to compound on the defense's uh, backs in terms of trying to, you know, trying to maintain? I mean, quickly, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be long, man, because it's, it's, it, it, we can all see it. But when I look at it from my standpoint, you know, it all obviously works hand in hand, but just the inability to sustain drives, how big is that, man, in, in terms of just, uh, you know, there were, there were a couple of situations in the game that we, we, we saw uh, where there were opportunities. You know, we had the, the opportunity to get a quick slant out to, out to, to, uh, to Goodson, uh, but, but Wisconsin was there. They were, in the, they were in the way, and Spencer had to eat that one, you know. So how do we get back to where we need to be? I, I'm going to go with work on one thing at a time. Right. If we want to get a running game going, so we have to do we have to run the ball. Right. Not just in the game, but in practice, too. Right. Get your run fits and work on your footwork, work on your hand placement and our offense being able to run the ball and sustain drives will allow our defense to recover. Right. They have to be able to recover. That's just how it goes. Defensive players are typically smaller, um, carry less fat, and just a little bit more explosive, more glycogenic muscles. The offensive guys, we tend to be bigger, right? We carry a little more fat and more oxidative muscles. We're built for long, sustained drives. That's how we're built. It's a complementary thing. So, you know, us on offense doing our job, allows the defense to do their job. It really does. And on offense, it always starts with the O-line. It always does. And that's why we start out as O-line U. That's why when first, Kirk first got there, he started working on the O-line. And then when we got really good, our offensive line got better. Every year that we got better, our offensive line got better. And we actually had our breakout year. We had one of the best offensive lines in the country. That was the reason our offense and our defense was able to do so well because, you remember, our offense, when we got the ball in the first drive of the game, we scored. 
every time. We were able to drive the ball. We were able to bend their will and allowed our defense to pin their ears back and just come off the ball. And that takes a lot of pressure off everyone. So there is reason to say O-line is a big deal because it is. If we can get the O-line going, and when we get the offensive line going, because I know we can, when we get the offensive line going, it allows that defensive line to be fresh, right? To be able to, hey, I, I noticed it in the game. We were talking about it earlier. The D-line was just there, right? Not very explosive. And I, because in the beginning of the season, they were. They were firing off the ball. Shooting their hands and everything. Come the second quarter, they were tired. They looked tired anyway. That's why Wisconsin was able to put up 20 on us. Our D-line normally controls the line of scrimmage. They weren't able to do it this game. And I can't say it's all their fault. They've been, our defense has been put in a situation where we've asked them to do a lot of things for us to win. And that's just how it is for them. You know, once we get our offense together and that offensive line mainly, and we're able to sustain some drives and give our defense time to recuperate, you'll get that momentum back. The guys will get their legs back under them. <clears throat> we're getting to the part of the season where, you know, we're, a little bit, we're about halfway through, a little more than halfway through. It's that time of the year. Guys are banged up. Things are hurting. You know, recovery is such a big deal. And it's tough to recover if you're on the field all the time. Yep, you make the absolutely true statement and point. The more time that that offense is on the field, the more difficulty it is for that defense to really create a lot of uh, havoc on said offense's backfield. You know, and yeah, going back to basics is going to be the key for this team. I mean, four games left in the season, obviously going up there to Chicago to play Northwestern this upcoming weekend, uh, just finding a way to reestablish this, this group, uh, both offensively and defensively. It's got to be paramount this week in practice. So it's going to be interesting to see how they come out and perform this upcoming Saturday. But uh, I would have to assume because of the fact that Kirk Ferentz says in his own uh, meeting, uh, his own um, media day meeting, that uh, there's a lot of season left. There is a lot of season left. So uh, there's still a great opportunity for this Hawkeye team to do some good things. It just has to turn, turn it over in terms of how they've been performing. Uh, they've been performing on the offensive side of the ball. So yeah, it is what it is. Now let's take it a step further. You know, there's three facets of the game, offense and defense of the special teams. Now that one of the first two aforementioned groups did extremely well in this, this past game. However, special teams has been an area of uh, positivity, specifically in one position. Uh, Tory Taylor, Tory Taylor, Ozzy Bomber for Heisman. I mean, the, the guy just goes out and does his job to the best of his abilities on every single snap, every time he's out there on the field. Uh, he had a total of seven punts for 343 total yards with a long of 61. The man just does his job, just does his job over and over again. That being said, the remainder of the special teams, unfortunately, did not perform to task. Um, we already know, uh, I've called for it all season for Charlie Jones to break one and give us a touchdown. 
It unfortunately didn't happen uh, in this past in this game against Wisconsin. Even more so, uh, we had a turnover by this by the punt return unit. Uh, Max Cooper was out there on the field to to uh, to return a punt, and unfortunately fumbled the football, uh, muffed the football, and gave Wisconsin tremendous field position. Uh, 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 Caleb Shudak had no opportunities to kick any field goals. So um, we have the one bright spot in Torrey Taylor's play. However, the remainder of the special teams didn't do what we needed them to do in, in, in creating positive field position for the offense and, you know, doing what we needed to do in terms of just uh, getting after that Wisconsin Badger group. Yeah. It, it, it really is a shame. Like, I, I know you like Charlie. I think he's due to break one. Uh, I'm not quite sure why he wasn't in there, but uh, Max Cooper coming in there, and it was just a really inopportune time. That, there's never a good time for a turnover like that. But at that time, when we really just needed catch the ball and just, like, fair catch it, that's all we need. That's literally all you have to do. If you don't want to do that, get out of the way. And if you can't do that, just get out of the way. Like, worst-case scenario, let it go. Let it go. Don't, we don't need a turnover. We just need the ball, just possession. That would help. Yeah. yeah, that that's that that was tough, and yeah, that shootack, not even get an opportunity. That speaks to our inability to drive the ball again, and we're not able to sustain drives. You know, uh, it, we were we were two for thirteen on third down, zero for three on fourth down. Um, Wisconsin wasn't wasn't much better. They were six for sixteen, zero for one on fourth. But, you know, they had short fields. And they won the turnover margin. I mean, the turnover battle, three to zero. When you start doing that and they kick and they're sacking our quarterbacks, they get their beatings and tackles for loss. They have QB hurries. You know, they're, they're running back. Both running backs independently have more rush yards than our entire offense. And that, that Braylon Allen kid, he's a freshman. Mm-hmm. Already squatting over 600. We're going to be seeing a lot of him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For the next couple of years, for sure. Yeah. So he's a gym rat. Mm -hmm. So it just, uh, this is my second week in a row saying it. Wisconsin did to us what I would like to see us do against them. It's the same thing Purdue did. And Wisconsin team who defends, that I believe on average was giving up like 240 yards or 250 yards a game. Um, I believe they gave up half of that for us, roughly. Yeah. So we are, um, hmm. we need to get find a way to get our swagger back and really play to the best of our ability. Uh, I, we started to see it early on, and we, talk, we talked about it, playing to the level of your competition or the perceived level of your competition. It's insidious because once that kind of mentality starts, it just keeps going. It really does. But yeah, the, uh, <clears throat> the special teams were um, – there was one bright spot that didn't shine as bright as it normally did. Unfortunately, unfortunately, but you know, it is one game. It is just that, you know, it would be awesome, David, if we could see, 
if we could have saw in Madison the same team that took the field in College Park, but that's not the case. So, you know, moving forward, this group has a lot to work on between uh, between obviously Monday today and going forward up until Friday until they head up there to Chicago. So it's going to be obviously a a quick turnaround. You know, you got to get a lot of work done in a short period, of, short amount of time, but. Uh, Got to get back to continuity. Got to get back the continuity that we had early on in the season. Uh, we saw it. We saw it against all the opponents earlier. You know, we saw it against Penn State. We have that same team that takes the field against Penn State the rest of the way. This team is not not beatable. So just just like you mentioned, playing to the level of competition. If this team plays like they did, you know, against Penn State, the team is hard to beat. This team is very hard to beat. But if they don't, they play like they did this past weekend and the past two games between uh, Purdue and 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 the Badgers. Uh, I don't see I don't see very positive things happening continuously throughout the remainder of the season. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, I say that all the time. It's going to be interesting, but uh, I'm excited. You know, I'm always excited for new for this game. You, know, you can't get just like the old adage goes. You have to have a short term memory. That's what quarterbacks. Defensive backs, really everybody on the field. You have to have a short-term memory. You got to move on. Whatever just happened, happened. Move on. You can't do anything about that. Speaking of that, we're going to move on. We're moving on to Northwestern. We're going to do that more so in the next show. But uh, to start off, Ryan Halinski is the starter at quarterback. He is a transfer from the University of South Carolina, which is crazy. I, but, uh, yeah, he is that guy. Um they also put Andrew Marty in at quarterback. Uh, he does a, a decent job for him. Evan Hall is the rusher. Uh, he has uh, 116 carries for about 750 yards on the season. Andrew Clare and Anthony Tyus also help out on the rushing side. Northwestern's top three receivers are Stefan Robinson Jr., uh, Malik Washington, and Bryce Kurtz. So uh, join us when we get the opportunity to talk more Wildcat football at the end of the week. Uh, you know, up until then, uh, enjoy this. You know, it's been a great opportunity, obviously, to talk Hawkeye football with my buddy David. Unfortunately, it's under these circumstances, and the Hawks just gotta just gotta bounce back. Really, they just gotta reestablish who they are, reestablish what this team has been uh, throughout, and what this team has been synonymous for throughout Kirk Ferentz's tenureship, man. So, it's it, uh, in order for this team to move forward, gotta got to flush everything that's happened over these past two games and have to really refocus and reestablish uh, what this team's fundamentals are. I mean, you got to think about this. Most teams have a bread and butter. You, you know what your identity is. The identity of the Iowa Hawkeye team is run, pound the ball, stop the run, and create turnovers. That is who the Iowa Hawkeye team is. Got to get back to being those same people. We got to get back to being the Bulls of the Big Ten. So I'm excited to see what happens moving forward. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's one game. You move on from it. So with that, I am your host, Colin Cole. I might have rambled a little bit there at the end. But, uh, you know, this is, this is a part of the show. So it's part of the show. So thank you guys again for joining me. For, and my buddy, David Porter, thank you guys for, for having us on and checking out the show. Uh, tune in for the next show as we talk all guys traveling up there to Chicago to play those those Wildcats of Northwestern. And until then, we'll, you guys take care. God bless and go Hawks. Go Hawks. 
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.